This is Cam for the Nerdbook Review, where we strive to broaden your fantasy horizons. Today, Chris and I will be bringing you The Grey Bastards by Jonathan French. This novel was originally released as a self-published novel, where it won the second Spiffbow competition. It has since been purchased by both Penguin and Orbit, depending on which side of the pond you're on. I can honestly not remember uh, which is which, but I was very excited when we were able to obtain a copy of this and can't wait to get into the podcast. I do apologize for the delay in getting the episode out this week. At the end of last week, Mrs. Nerdbook Review and I went to WizardCon Boise uh, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday... I was busy recuperating from some intense drinking and board gaming on Saturday at WizardCon. We had a great time. Uh, Friday, we were able to bring Bran, our son, with us, and he was super excited when he got to see wizards and superheroes. As per usual, we have a little bit of housekeeping to do before we get to the actual podcast. You can reach us at nerdbookreview at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook, uh, Nerdbook Review and on Twitter as The Nerdbook Review. As per usual, if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and review on iTunes or whatever platform you happen to listen to the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. It has been a while since anyone has left us a review, and if you could do so, that would be wonderful. One last thing. Uh, Next week, we will be bringing you an author interview, Mike Schell, who has done quite a bit of stuff in the fantasy world throughout the years, including uh, playing a pretty big role in the Pathfinder uh, board game, which, of course, if you guys are are aware of that, is a spinoff of the Dungeons & Dragons. He has entered the Aiken God, which is something that we do talk about in the episode, into this year's Spiffbo competition. All right, without further ado, here is Grey Bastards. Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Chris. And this is the Nerdbook Review. Today, we will be reviewing The Grey Bastards by Jonathan French. <laughs> We're already kind of not safe for work if you don't like the word <laughs> bastards. Oh, yeah. Never thought about that. Eh, we'll do our best. <laughs> uh, I'll give you the book info before Chris reads the book cover. Now, first of all, the edition that I read is 421 hardcover pages long. It is a uh, the re-release of this book. It was initially published in 2015 and then was recently re-released by Crown Publishing in the U.S. Uh, Crown is owned by Penguin. I believe in the U.K. it's actually published by an imprint of Orbit. So we have t- the two big ones, uh, <laughs> depending on where you're at. Uh, the book won the second self-published fantasy blog-off Spiffbo competition, which if you have listened to our podcast, you will know what that is. Uh, it is a great example of how important the competition is becoming. Uh, Senlin Ascends is another book that we've reviewed that has received quite a bit of critical acclaim. Yeah. Criti- critical acclaim uh, that first made a name for itself in the competition. Uh, Jonathan French, he's an American author. He does have two previous novels that were also self-published before this. Uh, I know nothing about them. I just know they are called the Autumn's Fall Saga. Uh, Chris, would you like to read the book cover blurb? All right, let's give this a try. (laughs) Call them outcasts. Call them savages. They've been called worse by their own mothers. But Jackal is proud to be a gray bastard. He and his fellow half-orcs patrol the barren wastes of the Lawlands, 
spilling their own damned blood to keep civilized folks safe. A rabble of hard-talking, hog-riding, whore-mongering brawlers they may be, but the bastards are Jackal's sworn brothers, fighting at his side in a land where there's no room for softness. And once Jackal's in charge, as soon as he can unseat the bastard's tyrannical, seemingly unkillable founder, there's a few things they'll do different. Better. Or at least that's the plan, until the fallout from a deadly showdown makes Jackal start investigating the Lotlands for himself. Soon he's wondering if his ambitions and his arrogance have blinded him to ugly truths about this world and the bastard's place in it. In a quest for answers that takes him from decaying dungeons to the front lines of an ancient feud, Jackal finds himself battling invading orcs, rampaging centaurs, and grubby human conspiracies alike, along with a host of dark magics so terrifying they'd give even the hardiest bastard pause. Finally, Jackal must ride to confront a threat that's lain in wait for generations, even as he wonders whether the bastards can or should survive. Oh, man. All right. That is the read of the year right there. <laughs> well done, I Chris. I think I need a cup of tea now. I was going to say, do you want a drink before we get going? <laughs> yeah. All righty. Uh, let's go. Drink pause. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> Chris, uh, after that amazing read, I'm going to give you my pathetic take. A band of brothers and a sister who work to save their clan in a harsh environment where they have enemies on all sides. And Chris, your take? Um, my take, and I think just about any other take that you find on the internet or uh, anyone who's even seen the series, is basically it's Sons of Anarchy set in a fantasy world. Yeah, and that's what, um, you know, this is kind of ridiculous probably, but I've literally never watched one episode of Sons of Anarchy Mm-hmm. And aside from uh, seeing promos, I would know nothing about it. I know Ron Perlman was in it. Yep. Um, he played uh, Clay, and okay. that is a character very similar to Claymaster Clay <laughs> in this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also Charlie uh, Charlie Hunnan, Hunan? I don't Hunan? know how to pronounce Hunan? his last yeah, name, like but uh, he plays uh, the main character, Jax. So uh, Jackal. Jackal. Uh, and they are kind of, they're both in a motorcycle gang, and they... They're kind of at odds uh, with each other as sort of the old guard of the gang and the new guard, and each of them kind of has their followers, including Jax's buddy, uh, who is like a bearded, kind of big, lovable oaf named Opie. Oh, so there's Oats. That's Oats, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this book, uh, that comparison is... uh, Like right there? It's there, yeah. Then I have to ask you a question right off the bat then. Mm -hmm. Does that, since I haven't read, I mean, watched the uh, the series, yep. does having watched that take away from this book in any way for you? Um, I, I think it being uh, like kind of so on the nose to me did take away from it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just because it was sort of like a, like, all right, well, this isn't really his. This isn't Jonathan French's. This is you know, FX or whoever produced yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Um, 
but as I as I read on, it did kind of it's a jumping point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, initially, there was kind of that uh, an element of yeah, you know this this is neat, but it's it's a cover, right? Uh, like it's a cover song okay. to somebody else's original work. Okay. Yeah, and then like I said, I don't not having that experience um, for me. I basically was I just uh, and you know appreciated it like f- for the writing without having that like mm-hmm. you know that thought in my mind of like oh this is taking from something else so yeah. so I, I, it's something that I, I certainly wanted to ask you about since I mean right off the bat when you, we started reading it you're like y- you're we we're ta- I was talking with you and you're like oh what about this this and this and I'm like oh man I'm having not seen it you yeah know? yeah so um but I guess uh, we haven't exactly mentioned Sons of Anarchy is about a motorcycle gang. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't exactly mentioned that they are hog riders. Yeah, the giant, uh, giant pigs. Hogs. Yeah, they ride giant hogs that they call barbarians, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, but they ride them uh, similar and are in gangs similar yeah. to biker gangs. Yep, I mean that's pretty much that's correct. There's uh, nine lots of orcs mm-hmm. of half orcs. And the uh, basically they the, the this story takes place in what's considered like the Badlands. Uh, to the east is Hispartha, which is the human-owned, uh, very lush green area. When once we actually get to see it, mm-hmm. uh, and then to the west or the I can't remember if it's the north. Yeah, I think it was north. North or the sa- humans. The humans. Yeah, sorry, not are, east. Yeah, yeah, south, south of the orcs the across orcs. like a very narrow strait. The orcs are able to to swim across. Mm-hmm. They don't do it as much now. Uh, about 40 years before this story takes place, there was a war between mm-hmm. the orcs and the humans. Uh, it was very destructive. Lots died on both sides. Um, this I don't consider this a spoiler because this happened. Uh, this is talked about pretty quickly and early. There was a plague yeah. that happened that wiped out basically the armies of the orcs and the humans. Yeah, and that is actually what stopped the war. And then at the end of the war. Um, what we're told is that the the orc with the elves, mm-hmm. and then a group of halflings called uh, with a settlement called Strava. Yep. Um, they got a lot. The elves got like the like the mountainous highland areas, like you would expect. Mm-hmm. The uh, Stravans, uh, the halflings, they're protected by a group of human horse archers. Basically, think like any of the East Asian like Mongol type tribes, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, who else am I forget? Oh, yeah, the centaurs. Can't yep, forget, can't the, forget ce- the centaurs. No, that we mostly interact with the centaurs during something called the blood moon. Chris, let's talk. Why don't you tell us about the blood moon? Uh, the blood moon, it, it almost seemed like, uh, you know, kind of that idea that the full moon um, causes people to, to just get wild. Yeah. Uh, uh, they'll tell you that. You know, arrests go up on full moons, and people just get crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, this is taken to its illogical extreme <laughs> uh, with the blood moon, where uh, I don't think it's a reg like a consistent regular occurrence. No, it it's, happens uh, just randomly. You need, yeah, randomly. It's uh, uh, but the centaurs will leave their forests or sacred whatever. groves. Yeah, they call them, yeah, and and just go on a mad uh what's uh murderous rampage yeah murderous rampage sexual rampage just uh they get crazy yeah uh one thing we are told is that 
when the the centaurs we don't have any interact that like the rest of the people don't have any interaction with them when they're not on the blood moon because mm-hmm. we're told that they basically just have big orgies yeah. in their sacred groves. Uh, one thing I think that's got to be uh, thrown out there real quick is this book is filthy. Very, very dirty. dirty. Is, this book is not safe for work. It's an oh. NSFW right yeah. off the bat. Yeah, or children. Um, yeah. <laughs> if uh, we're to, usually we leave this for the end of the book, but we're just going to say it right now. This is not a uh, young chi- children's book. No. Uh, this is meant for a, an adult, mature audience. And if you listen to this review and then go read the book and are somehow offended by the uh, the language and the sex and the violence, well, you were warned ahead of time. Absolutely. It <laughs> is. It's filthy in a sexual way. Oh, it's yeah. filthy in language way. It's filthy in uh, its, its content. It's violent. It's... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I actually recommended this to my dad, uh, <laughs> I don't know, last weekend, and <laughs> I forgot to mention how just dirty it is. <laughs> that reminds me of like when Rob Hayes' uncle listened yeah. and read his uh, <laughs> his pirate novel. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Dad. Yep. Oops. Hopefully you enjoy it. I think yeah. he will. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I mean, I don't know your dad, but hopefully. <laughs> so, uh... The so we've talked about like there's the orcs, humans, uh, half orcs, the uh, all like the group that the gray bastards. That's one of the the gangs basically the clan the hoofs mm-hmm. as they our, call our them. Our main characters. Our main characters. Yes, and half orcs. It's important to note are the product of a usually a rape of a human woman by an orc. Mm-hmm. Um, any other any usually any female by an orc. They're is supposedly a half orc that we meet who is the product of a human man and a female, and a female orc. orc yeah but i but but that's fewer and far between oh yeah it's uh, it's yeah. uh, i think it would be like the comment was is that the, um this one's uh the father was the only human crazy enough to have tried to <laughs> yeah. have sex with a female, <laughs> female orc. orc yeah so just uh so a lot of women um, oh, and it's important to note too that um, once that happens, once a, a woman becomes pregnant with an orc baby, there is no way to abort it. Um, it is tried, mm-hmm. but apparently, like that thing just takes root. And so, basically, uh, any half orc that lives was because the mother either didn't kill herself or didn't kill the baby when they were, you know. Yeah. So, uh, female half orcs can. Um, sometimes have children, but but all male half orcs are sterile. Yeah. So that's gonna kind of you know, and that's something too that I think would definitely change things just in terms of the way that the uh, um, the morality of a clan. I mean, you're never gonna have a father, a yeah. real father mother pairing, you know. Yeah. And that does take that does you know affect how things like all of the babies are or the children are all raised in an orphanage. Yeah. Because there really isn't, uh, you know, the the family structure, consistent family structure. Yeah. So I mean, that's going to make an effect on on how the uh, you know of the the outlook of the the orcs for sure. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else well, we should? Oh, go did ahead. Did we really mention that kind of? Uh, so you have to the north the humans, to the south the orcs, and uh, the half orcs act as kind of a DMZ. Yep. To those two, because those two would still be at war, but the half orcs are just kind of this. They are the lot lands uh, where they live are kind of the demilitarized zone between yeah. the two, and so they are kind of stuck in between 
not really accepted by either, uh, which is, uh, I think, kind of an element of uh, any kind of half-whatever yeah. that you, you know, in literature or pop culture or whatever. Yep, that's definitely the case. And, I mean, you know, it is, they are the Badlands, basically. Like, think mm-hmm. of... Uh, um, I kind of got like a Red Rock, like Southwest um, Spaghetti Western feel. Yeah, for the, it does have a little bit of a Spaghetti Western feel to it. Yeah, the way I imagined it, you know, yeah. the world. And, um, but this, so, you know, all of that is like, I felt like the world building was done very well. Like the way mm-hmm. it was split up, uh, it was easy to imagine. Yep. Um, there, It wasn't like you never needed a map. I, no. I don't know if there is a map in the book, is um, there? You know, I read an electronic version, and this one that I'm looking at right now does not appear to have a map. Okay. It's not necessary, though. I no. mean, no, I mean, it's, it's really, you got people to the north, people to the south, they're stuck in the middle. Yep. And uh, there was one other, uh, the sludge man I kind mm-hmm. of liked. He was basically the result of... Uh, of all of the magic used by, um, especially this was, I think, a battle between elves and orcs. Mm-hmm. Uh, orcs use blood magic. Elves are kind of the most magical of the uh, the good guys, if you will. Yeah. And then the uh, um, the half orcs apparently have the ability to use magic, but it's very rare. Yeah. We don't uh, see a whole lot of that. Um, humans also have the ability to use magic, but it's also a pretty rare thing. We're not. Yeah. The average soldier is not going around flinging it around. Yeah. The uh, the humans have it more frequently than the half orcs. The half orcs yep. were really only introduced to one, right? Yeah, who is kind of a main character. Yep. And but so you know, setting the world is obviously super important, uh, and it kind of lets you know what's going on. But really, this is a, a story at its heart um, of an intra um, group squabble between Jackal. Yep. Who is the young guy who wants to take over from Claymaster, who's been who is the founder of the Hoof? Yep. And you know what's funny is is I really feel like, especially since they're so irreverent in general. I mean, they vote on things. It's not like the yeah. Claymaster is a uh, you know absolute dictator right. within the group. I really feel like the whole like a lot of their issues could have been really resolved if <laughs> if they hadn't hidden you know the truth so yeah. much yeah and uh that's i guess my one thing like it didn't bother me any but i just sat there and thought like you know it's a good example though of like where the old guard thinks that the young guard doesn't need to be told things yeah and then uh, but if they had where then, knowledge may have resolved some of the problems yeah it's like you don't need to know but mm-hmm. but um you know the way they're set up I think he needed to know. Yeah, we can't get into any more detail than that. But I'm just yeah. going to say that. Like, but while we're at that uh, that note of them voting at a table, also very similar to how uh, the Sons of Anarchy function. Is it? it yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's even more than uh, right as, there. Yeah, kind of a uh, almost a democracy, but. Yeah, and they're they they vote kind of in a back room with a you know a big table, and it's oh. yeah. The, it's I'd be interested in knowing how many references to Sons of Anarchy there are, are in there that you know that you don't may have missed. Huh. Yeah, that's a good question. There are a lot that it's very similar. Okay, so um, we've talked about the world and a little bit about the the group, um, and. Um, I don't, you know, 
is there is there a whole lot more to talk about with like setting things up or should we get into like our or how we felt about it and things like that is there anything we're missing um yeah no i think if there's anything that we are missing we can kind of walk through it in those in those okay in those sections yeah all righty then chris how did you like the book um once i got past uh kind of the uh, basically the intellectual property theft <laughs> that it is uh i really liked it i think yeah. the uh the story did move away from that which helped yeah and got a little bit more uh fantasy i guess yeah. rather than a just being sons of anarchy fan fiction with you know gray orcs instead of humans yeah so once it got past that i thought uh i really enjoyed uh the story uh the writing is fantastic it's yep. uh it's got a you know it, it has a swagger that along with the characters themselves having just kind of a swagger that's like yeah i'm good at this yeah um and, and so that was really enjoyable it's uh it's got a it's a comfortable it's not overly wordy but it it portrays that picture really well. Yeah. Well, I kind of like looked at it like is it the writing reminded me a lot like of Mark Lawrence where mm-hmm. it's elegant without adding any any unnecessary words. Yeah. Like I was able to stay in that uh, that within the narrative in that movie in my mind for like throughout. I never yeah. had there wasn't anything that was too wordy or or that like a scene that just took me out of that because I was like, the author's trying to show off right here, you know? Yeah. I just felt like the author, like Jonathan French, did, like he knew what he was writing and he just stuck with it. Yep. It'd, be, it'd be interesting to know, like if there, I don't know if there was any additional editing or anything like that done, but I mean, it won Spiffbo. So clearly, yeah. even in what its previous format, it was, I mean, I don't know how much editing was done or anything like that, you know, in between. Yeah. But from everything I've heard, you know, it, and Mark Lawrence, I think, called it one of his favorite books, too, mm-hmm. you know, specifically. And I just felt like it was just so, so quality and so good that sometimes the writing, even even good writing, can occasionally take you out of a story because an author's trying too hard. And I yeah. never felt like he was exactly. trying. Exactly. It's, it's confident, but also kind of, uh, I mean, simple's not the right word for I like your it, the swagger that yeah, you, you it has, mentioned. It has you know? a swagger that just kind of is a yep, this is uh, like a, a, again, I'm good at this. Yeah. And here it is. Which is interesting because I feel like uh another book very uh you know that that the characters and the the writing have just that swagger is uh where loyalties lie. So okay, two yeah. spiff bow winners in a row yeah. where the characters are kind of a kind of a brash uh you know I, I guess i probably can't say it on this podcast but like a brash swing and d type of <laughs> type of characters i mean we have at least uh Ralph in this one right yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so no i i totally understand what you're saying yeah and maybe uh, it's it'd be funny to to look into that like if of whether uh because I mean, I really liked where loyalties lie. I, mm-hmm. I thought that it had a pretty good shot of winning the of Spiffbo. You know, yeah. once I read it, and especially once I started like you know getting kind of a feel for the way people were voting, I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna win it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it it is funny. I wonder. I'd ha- I'll have to like go back and look at some of these other books and say, I wonder if if I because you know another one. Um, that this reminded me a little bit of, but it has a slightly different tone now that we're talking about that, is Kings of the Wild by Nicholas yeah. Eames. Yep. Because Clay in it was a little bit calmer, 
are a little more resigned, but the mm-hmm. people around him were those air. You know, he had that arrogance from yeah. from them, and so yep. like they gave that their party the same thing. You know, yeah. And to me, in in a way, I think Gray Bastards occupies that place that uh, Kings of the Wild did last year for me. Yeah. Um, this isn't quite as funny as as it was, but. It's yeah. you know it's more of a serious book, but it still has those humorous moments and that it, it has that feel to me. Yep, and it's hard to kind of describe exactly what that. But I think that you know you've put it the best I ever could have. The swagger this book just has swagger. Yeah, it's like this book knows that if you're that if you don't just if you're not turned off by the uh, the <laughs> by the lewdness the lewdness yeah. that you're just gonna be like oh man I enjoy this book. Mm-hmm. There were a ton of uh, just really cool lines. Uh, in the writing, just yeah. uh, you know, nothing overly complicated, but just kind of lines where I was like, "Oh, that's actually, that's a cool phrase." Yeah, or real quotable and things yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. So like I, you know, I was just entertained nonstop for mm-hmm. it. And then, um, you know, I think that one thing that um, I've already mentioned this, but just um, played a big role in making in my enjoyment of it too was just how even though the world was completely fleshed out, it was just so easy. It wasn't like yeah, there were um like 500 different places that we needed to figure out. Yep. And even though we're told that you know there's at least 13 or 14 different lots basically within the 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 yeah. badlands. They're we, mentioned. They're but mentioned it but it's not important. We go yeah. to we know that Strava's to the east because it's mentioned like very specifically when he's you know going to it. Yeah. And largely directional like the cardinal directions don't matter a whole lot as long as you recognize that it is kind of they're stuck in the middle and to their you know to each side is these other things yeah and the other uh even when we deal with like groups from the other lots we're dealing with them at one point one place and it doesn't matter like we don't it doesn't matter if you know where um you know any of the other the groups are like that's not important and then also it doesn't have a complicated magic system nope. that you have to figure out like oh well this this thing will allow you to do that and this is limitations and yeah. it, it's just kind of there yeah and in the end it's basically about uh who's the toughest and whether yeah. you can win a fight against you know the orcs are clearly like you know humans are called the frails that's yeah. that's a yeah. good example you know like Humans yeah, don't they're, win. they're the frails and the orcs are the thicks. Yep. And so, uh, and then, the, you know, everyone else in between. And, and basically, like, the half-orcs are uh, talked about based on um, how close they are to their orcish ancestry or their yep. human ancestry, you know? Yep. And, uh, like, the there's even one clan that only accepts thrice bloods, which means yeah. that you were, uh, that you have a half-orc mother and an orc father. Yeah, basically, which would yeah, which would make make you like seventy five percent orc, and even tougher, you know. Yeah, and bigger, tougher, you know. Yep, uh, genetically leaning toward your your majority ancestry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys aren't scholars. The half orcs, you know, (laughs) their their whole thing is is that they they're supposed to be protect, you know, like protecting their law and stopping orcs from Mm -hmm. crossing. You know. Yeah. Um. Would you recommend to others? Clearly, you have already. Yeah, I I would recommend this uh, to um, to others conditionally. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, it is a dirty uh, book. It is a uh, yeah. There there's a lot of uh, kind of I mean what you would expect from a biker gang. Yeah. Uh, 
a lot of uh, kind of misogynist uh, activities going on. Some of that, like, uh, you know, homoerotic uh, fraternity boy type of type of stuff going on. Um, yeah, that's something I, I guess I never thought about till just now. But probably, like, um, if you are um, LGBTQ, like, you, you could potentially have some issues. Yeah. Um, you know, there, like he said, there's some misogyny. I mean, there's a lot of misogyny in it. Yeah. That's not a question. But, um, and I mean, you know, there's one character who, uh, is probably bi, I guess is the way that the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and he's not like outright, uh, there's no outright derision, but you know, it's pretty clear that like, that's clearly not something that's generally accepted in the world among the, the half orcs, you know? Um, it's, you know, he's kind of looked at at least with some distrust, yeah. Um he's powerful, so obviously they're not going to mess with him because of that. Right. Which I guess is kind of historically how things were too. Like if you were powerful enough, <laughs> you could uh, get away with anything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I guess that's Yeah, I mean if you and if you're sensitive to uh, you know, to kind of some of that misogyny that that is going to exist and uh uh there's quite a bit of ribbing people over um I mean, racism is a weird word to use when it's, you know, uh orcs and half orcs and and elves and that kind of thing but there's some of that and i mean i would say that if you're sensitive to some of those things this probably isn't the book for you no that not at all i mean you know it's important to note like that for for most of the women like the female half orcs for example Mm -hmm. like the best that they can hope for is that they'll be a bed warmer for one of the uh for one of the actual hoof you know yeah the riders and so I mean, you know, which is almost like groupy, basically a groupie, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, the best you can hope for, for the most part, for um, if you are a female half orc, you know, right. in this in this culture. Um, there's we a lot do have th- one main character who is a female half orc who has made her way into this, uh, this exclusive club of being in this gang. Only the only uh, female. Hoof ever in any of the nine lots you know yeah and she had to obviously be pretty tough actually she's one character who uh they um she plays off that she is gay Mm -hmm. that she likes women and that's actually acceptable in this case because then then the the, she she plays that off so the guys aren't trying to sleep with her constantly you know and so uh but you know she's not there. There is a lot of uh, misogyny. Like the claymaster, for example, never would have let her uh, Fletch join the the hoof if it wasn't a vote. You know, yeah. like a meritocracy yeah. when it comes to that kind of thing. So she had the majority number of votes, mm-hmm. and so she got in. And she's tough, and she's you know yeah she was awesome. I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, her she's as a. Character. I mean, she's straight up a badass. Yeah, and so um, and she's you know she's definitely. Um, well fleshed out and uh, a complicated, important character, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it's important to note that there is um, that if you you know if it's not something that you, if misogyny or anything like that is something that does affect you, and I mean it affects me generally. Like I don't. I mean in real life I well, don't yeah, like it, absolutely. but I feel like the way this is done. Um, I don't think that it like, works in this story. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like their mis- the misogyny is a good thing. It's not like no, the yeah, author's not trying a, to. Yeah, it's not a good thing, and you know, it's Sons of Anarchy is similar. Yeah, in that you know the 
that club is all men and yeah. and they don't treat women well and no i and mean it's just it's a real a, a, you know like it's probably the kind of thing like that's probably how the culture would have been you know what i'm yeah. saying like if this yeah. was brought into the real world it makes sense for the yeah. world yep I mean, we're like we like I've said already. We're not dealing with a whole bunch of enlightened, uh, educated uh, people in this yeah. case. It doesn't make it okay, but it makes sense. Yes, in the world, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. So, um, Chris. Yeah. How would you rate it? I'm. You know, I want to rate it a five because I was. It was a blast. I uh-huh. really enjoyed reading it. Um. I in a weird way, I I want to draw. I'm going to drop it down to like a four and a half for okay. me just because it it so much kind of is somebody else's intellectual property <laughs> that's true and uh you know i i love i love a good cover song <laughs> but uh, i appreciate the uh the writer of the song yeah uh, uh the ability to write a song more than more the, than the doing somebody else's work yep but making it better okay Fair enough. Uh, This one, since I don't have that, uh, you know, I can't go back and be like that Sons of Anarchy thing. And um, even if I go back and do watch it, I just, you know, this is a five plus for me. Yeah. This is going to get my, um, I really do think this is going to occupy my uh, um, Kings of the Wild slot of like most fun book I -hmm. had, you know. Yeah, um, it's hard to say. I mean, Bloody Rose comes out in, in like a month, <laughs> yeah. about two about two months, you know, yeah, time wise. Uh... So you never know. Maybe uh, Bloody Rose will take over yeah. Kings of the Wild. But this is a book that, um, for me, m- is going to make sure that I do categories again this year instead of like like <laughs> I did last of year. Just picking one. Yeah, because Devil's Night Non Devil's um, Devil's like, Night Dawning. Night Dawning. That's the word I'm looking for. The sequel to that, um, Warlock, Warlock Sun Rising, by Damian Black was um by far like just the most awesome like just for me specifically book i've read this year like just in terms of like i loved every bit of it yeah and uh but i know that's not a book for everybody kind of thing but like (laughs) it's gonna get my you know favorite but this one's gonna be probably end up being like the most fun book i read this year type of thing you know so far so far it's hard i know we still have (laughs) uh six more months basically we're just starting july off but I think that that's kind of, you know, like the way I'm going to have to to look at it. Yeah. It would take quite the book to unseat this as yeah. the most fun. Yeah, for me. And, I mean, again, Bloody Rose comes out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait to read that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so, you know what? I think, so we're at like 35 minutes, and I think we're going to cut a couple minutes out. Hey, okay. Chris, let's, uh, you, since you've done a majority of the podcast with me, and we are halfway through the year, Yeah. Um, and we, I just talked about a couple of my favorite books, what are some of your favorite books you've read so far this year? I know I'm um, putting you on the spot, didn't bring this up beforehand. Yeah. Um, yeah can I pull up my Goodreads now? Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that uh, I didn't get my hands on a copy of Senlin Ascends until like January. Oh, so, there you are. <laughs> uh, you can put that. That book uh, is still still up there as uh-huh. uh, as probably my favorite. And then Arm of the Sphinx was also fantastic. Oh, yeah. I hear that the third one, The Hod King, is now getting pa- pushed back into 2019. It did. I did hear that, that yeah. That is unfortunate, but, well, they'll <laughs> do, what they, do what they have to do. Um Oh, 
Give me a second. Yep, absolutely. So while he's looking, I want to throw out uh, one that I just uh, read last night, actually, that I just finished reading last night that I'm not going to put into my like you know best books, but I'm going to say is the best uh, satire that I've um, done, and we've you know we've listened to and uh, uh, yes, and I, I actually remember recommending this to you because I was like, did. this is something we should do because yeah, and uh, I we are going to uh, I, I kind of would like to get an interview done, so I want you to read it. And then uh, maybe we can try to get an interview done. But uh, Zach Pike, Orconomics, it's in Spiffbo this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most uh, reviewed Spiffbo book by a long shot. I think by like the most reviewed in the you know now four year history of the competition. Mm-hmm. Super fun, and it has something that I think uh, it's got the humor that any satire needs to have. Mm-hmm. But it had like it, it the last fifteen percent or so, like the heart of it, like the the social commentary and um it brought that one to a five star for me like i'm gonna re- i'm super looking forward to interviewing the author now yeah and talking about that so um i had to, and i already mentioned warlock sunrising mm-hmm. um and i'm trying to think um i've got one more too but what do you have um well okay so i finished blood of assassins last night and that was really oh, good yeah. um looking forward to the third one that comes out in a month i think um, <clears throat> my mom recommended uh, "The Shadow of the Wind" by Carlos Ruiz Zafón. Oh, and you, you yeah, read. and I read that, and it was really good. Okay, the, the writing is spectacular. It's amazing. It's like uh, an international bestseller, right? And yeah, it's, Spain, it's right? Uh, yeah. It takes place in Barcelona. Uh, it was Barcelona? originally yeah Barcelona. It was originally written uh, in Spanish. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's it's fantastic. It really great writing, and then. <laughs> I have to throw this one in here because this year I read uh, Depraved, the definitive true story of H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you tell me about this. just monstrous, but the story is out of control. Like, doesn't uh, he get away with things for just forever? For a very long time. He's, uh, he's probably best known as he built a murder castle in Chicago during the Chicago World's Fair in, what, like 19... 19- 10-ish. Okay. Somewhere in there. Yes. Yeah, so 18, 19, I don't remember. Somewhere in, somewhere around the turn of the century, but he built, uh, like, a, he built a three-story building that had, like, fake walls and, uh, oh, like, hallways that ended in, with secret doors, and, uh, like, he, he was a monster. Oh, and man. he goes on to do a lot of really, really awful things, and it was really interesting to read. And, and he got away with it for years, For didn't a he? very long time, Yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, and my last one that I want to mention from the first half that uh, is on my best non-traditional fantasy, Jade City. Mm. Man, was that a good book that I did not see coming. Like, I... um, I, I've heard a lot of good things. At the time, it was actually a book that was... I asked... um, Orbit for female authors. Yeah. And because I was like, I realized that I was like 21 of 25 <laughs> authors I had reviewed were male. And that yeah. was something that Katie and I talked about making sure we didn't do. So right. I, and I just, so I asked Orbit, hey, can you send me some good books by female authors that either are already out and, and at least the one or two that are about to come out? And mm-hmm. they, then she, they said, Jade City is going to be big. Like you, you need yeah. to read that. And so I did. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Did not expect that book. And I loved everything about it. I'm looking forward to reading that. It's it's quickly moving up my TBR, yeah, but so I'll get there. And then uh, uh, you have you gotten through the Poppy War? Uh, you know what? I'm about sixty percent through the Poppy okay. War right now. It has one big glaring air thing for me though that's <laughs> going to keep it off that's of my like. A- it's going to be a five star for me, but it's going to be 
not on my favorites because of one thing, and we'll mm. talk about that when we get into the actual when, review. When we do a review on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all righty then. Well, Chris, thank you so much for yeah. making your way over here. Of course. Uh, once Thanks again. for having me. Yeah. Thanks for the uh, the cream soda beer. Yeah, Mother Earth. Uh, yeah. Really big fan of that beer. They opened a brewery here in Nampa just a couple years ago. They're out awesome. of Southern California. So Yeah, it's a good beer. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>